1: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03
0: and welcome to the Friday edition of the Noon Business Hour. For Rob Hart, I'm Jim Goodis. As always, the Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. More home sellers are dropping their asking price to attract potential buyers, and we'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the Government Jobs Report for August headlines today's data, and let's break it down with the help of Gus Fauché, the Chief Economist at PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. So, Gus, what is your take on these numbers on jobs today? Um,
2: Very solid report. So the U.S. economy added 315,000 jobs in July, or August, excuse me. Over the past three months, we've averaged almost 400,000 jobs per month. Uh, The unemployment rate went up a bit, but that's because we had more people looking for work. That's good news. That means the strong labor market is drawing people in. And we had solid growth in wages, but a little bit slower than what we've seen in recent months, which does suggest that perhaps that inflationary pressures are cooling in the economy.
0: So does that mean that there's less pressure on the Fed now to raise rates, or are we not quite at the point where we can say that?
2: Well, the Fed is still going to raise rates when they meet in a few weeks. The question is, by how much? I think this does mean that a 50 basis point increase is a little more likely than a 75 basis point increase, but still an aggressive rate hike. The Fed is still very concerned that inflation is far above their 2% objective, but certainly it appears that the job market is cooling off, although it is still strong, and that's good news from the Fed's inflation perspective.
0: Now, Gus, is this more a reflection of just the economy finding its balance, or are some of the policies such as the Fed and others, are are those actually helping in terms of getting the job market perhaps back to a better balance?
2: Uh, I, I think we are seeing some cooling off in the economy because of higher interest rates. Uh, we're starting to see the housing market slow, and, and that's a, a drag on growth. Um, we'll see more in terms of business investment and so forth. So as interest rates continue to move higher, that is cooling off growth. It, is, it does mean slower job growth, still positive job growth, but slower job growth. And that's what the Fed is trying to achieve.
0: So what is the uh, advice or suggestion for people in terms of uh, taking these numbers and looking at them? Obviously, it's a bit of a snapshot, so you can't necessarily look at one number. But just based on what we've been seeing, lump light, what the numbers have been suggesting, uh, what is the best advice for people going forward from this point?
2: First of all, don't read too much into one month's worth of numbers. So we're still seeing a lot of volatility. Uh, but the key thing is is that we are starting to see slower growth, that things are moving in the direction we want them to go. Inflation is still too high. And the key question is how quickly does inflation move to that 2% objective that the Fed is trying to achieve?
0: All right. That's Gus Fauché, the chief economist at PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Gus Always great to get your perspective on what's going on and hope you have a great holiday weekend. Coming up, the recently hot real estate market is cooling down. The
1: WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: It's getting harder to sell a home and it's causing some sellers to drop prices. And let's get an update on that from Steve Kirch, the real estate editor at Market Watch here in Chicago. So, Steve, give us that snapshot on what's going on with the housing market and why.
3: Well, we've uh, got a couple of new data points from realtors and Redfin that are tracking the market that just has added to the last couple of months, data that shows some cooling down. uh, Total listings uh, are flat uh, year-over-year. Pending listings have fallen about 20% year-over-year. People aren't listing as many homes as they used to, and homes are staying on the market uh, a few days longer than they have. We're also seeing, Jim, some pricing pressures, although home prices are still rising. Uh, They're just rising at a slower pace than they have been. And we're also seeing more homes uh, that are on the market where sellers are reducing their prices uh, rather than waiting to get an offer at the list price. So all of that's adding up to a a cool down. How much that's going to uh, affect the rest of the year is still to be determined.
0: So what's your best advice, or at least what are the folks in real estate saying the best advice for the buyers and the sellers in this market? So
3: sellers have pretty much decided that they are not going to put their, they're much less likely to put their homes on the market at the moment. For one, they probably have a mortgage rate that's much lower than current rates because they've risen up to 5.7 percent about. Uh, And for another, you know, they're now going to be confronting a market that's not quite as friendly to sellers. So a lot of those folks are just going to sit tight. Buyers, on the other hand, uh, may, if you are able to cope with the increased mortgage rates. You know, you're know, you going to get a little bit longer look at houses. There's Even though inventory is still tight, it's in a better position than it was a couple of months ago. So there's going to be a little more choice. You're not going to be forced to make a decision quite as fast. So it's a little bit better for buyers. But again, you're going to have to overcome still rising prices and rising mortgage rates.
0: Well, other than dropping prices, is there anything else that a seller can do to maybe increase their chances of uh, getting a good offer on a home in a market like this
3: you know even in even in times like this the this old saws are about the same and more you know you a uh, fresh coat of paint uh curb appeal you know make your home inviting open it up light a lot let in a lot of light Uh, Even the old, you're not going to be baking Christmas cookies now, but the old tricks of, you know, lighting a scented candle so that people, when they do take a look at your home, they see something pleasant when they walk in the front door and they get a good feeling about your space and how they could live in it.
0: Steve, is there any, you know, firm evidence on what simple steps like that can do to the value of your home when you sell it? Have they, well, have they have they looked at it and said, yeah, this actually will add, you know, could add X amount or generally adds X amount to what you sell it for?
3: There are indeed studies out there that uh, break down sort of a cost-benefit analysis. Some of the obvious ones that uh, people always turn to, you know, uh, uh, spruced-up kitchens and spruced-up bathrooms, those are two of the best returns you can get if you're about to put your house on the market.
0: And, and I always was thinking, just as you were talking about, you know, some of the things you could do. I was just imagining what my parents used to do, and that my mom would always put an apple pie in the oven, you know, to do that. But it, but it really does help. And and this is a, maybe a good time. Maybe if you're not necessarily getting the price you want, maybe it's a good time to think about: will an improvement I make? Maybe I'll take the time to make that, and that could actually give me a better return on, you know, making more on the sale of the home than we spend on the improvement.
3: Sure. If, if you're a seller and you're reluctant to drop your price for whatever reason, uh, that kind of strategy can help you get the better price. I mean, you always, it's, you know, the re, if you're working with a realtor or other professionals in the market who can give you some of that advice, they'll know what homes are selling fastest and why they're selling fast. And you can maybe do some of those those upgrades to help your chances to get you back to that listing price.
0: That's Steve Kirch, the real estate editor for Market Watch here in Chicago. Thanks, Steve. Hope you have a great holiday weekend. Up next, the West's biggest economies are taking steps to put a cap
1: on the price of Russian oil. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: The West's biggest economies have agreed to impose a price cap on Russian oil as Moscow says it will halt oil exports to countries that take that action. Let's update the gas and oil markets with the help of Tom Kloza, the longtime energy analyst and oil price information service out of Wall, New Jersey. So, Tom, what is the current situation going on with gas and oil markets? And what are we looking to as we move into the last part of 2022?
4: Uh, It's a good question. I I think it uh, is living up to its uh, characteristic of a three ring circus with natural gas and electricity two of the rings and oil, the other ring. I don't think that this notion of price caps is going to work. And I think it probably has a political life, but it doesn't really have a life in the industry. You know, it's ironic because uh, I understand why people are trying to penalize Russia and put price caps in. But Controlling prices that way has never really worked, even back in the 70s when we had wage and price controls. The irony is that the folks in the oil and gas industry who don't like President Biden very much, you know, they're kind of warming up to the OPEC plus cartel, and a cartel is pretty reprehensible to capitalism as well. So we've got a little bit of a stalemate. I don't think the caps are going to have any real impact on prices in the next four months. I think it'll be based on supply and demand.
0: And where do you see supply and demand putting us in terms of energy prices? I think we'll have plenty of
4: gasoline. And uh, I did a study this morning of 21st century demand trends. And with the exception of the COVID year of 2020, uh, we've never seen demand go up from August till September. Now, there's some investment banks that are trying to applaud uh, oil's prospects by saying that, oh, we think it's going to go 4 or 5%. Uh, but that would be the first time, and there's the first time for everything, but I don't think it's going to happen. People have abandoned some of those uh, habits in terms of, uh, uh, you know, vacations or just driving, you know, for the fun of it, and I don't think it's going to come back this year.
0: That's Tom Closa, the longtime energy analyst at Oil Price Information Service out of Wall, New Jersey. Tom, have a great holiday weekend. Thanks for all you do here on the Noon Business Hour. Still ahead on Entrepreneur Friday, Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
1: This is Chicago's news, traffic, and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues,
0: and the Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Jim Goodis. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. More information is released about the documents recovered from ex-President Trump's Florida home. There's an effort underway in Chicago to get safe water to the struggling residents of Jackson, Mississippi. On Entrepreneur Friday, we meet the owner of a northwest side business who has a passion for comics. We'll talk about the top employment opportunities in Chicago with the release of the Government Jobs Report for August. Right now on Wall Street, the Dow's down 224 points, the S&P 500 down 31, and the NASDAQ is down 124 points at 1231. A federal judge in Florida has released new information from the Justice Department about the search of former President Trump's home last month. CBS White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy tells us more. A more detailed, newly unsealed inventory of what the FBI took from Mar-a-Lago shows material marked top secret
2: commingled in boxes with news articles, magazines, books, and even articles of clothing. More than two dozen documents with classified markings were removed from the former president's office, Dozens more from the storage area. Judge Eileen Cannon appears likely to appoint a
0: special master to review the seized material to see if any of it might be covered by attorney client or possibly executive privilege. There's no comment yet from the Trump legal team on the latest developments in the case. A Chicago area businessman and philanthropist is leading a water drive for the residents of Jackson, Mississippi who are dealing with a crisis brought on by a failing water system. Toe Company owner Early Walker is organizing the effort. We want to make it an appeal to the community to donate water. We're asking for water. That's what's needed. Um, and You know, a case of water, a pallet of water. Donations will be taken starting tomorrow at 8 through 7, Monday night, at the Matson Community Center in the parking lot of the Jewel at 119th and Marshfield in Chicago. It's 1232.
1: Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Stocks erase morning gains and are now trading lower. And joining us with what's going on on Wall Street, Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist for McClatchy Tribune News Services out of Miami. So before we take a look at the Week Ahead, Tom, what in the world happened today? We started positive and now we're in (laughs) negative territory. So what's going on? Well, we are in this environment, Jim, where
5: uh, good economic numbers can easily lead to a sell-off on uh, Wall Street. And that's what we're seeing again today, a decent jobs report for the month of August. Why does this lead to more selling in Wall Street? Well, I think the main reason is because it gives cover to the Federal Reserve to continue to raise interest rates. And the stock market is concerned by that and is also frustrated that the Federal Reserve isn't closer to ending this cycle of higher interest rates as it tries to tap down and really battle inflation. I think that coupled with the fact that it's a Friday before Labor Day, thin trading, lots of folks wanting to get out early, close out positions and hit the beach. Let's go.
0: All right, let's go. And let's go to next week after we return from the Labor Day holiday. What should we be looking forward to? I think it's the tone of the overall market in the
5: month of September. October has the reputation of being an awful month for investors, thanks to 1929 Black Monday of 1987. But it's actually September is the month that you see the deepest red ink in portfolios. And if we see continued selling in September, it's not a matter of uh, of, of 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 a signal of uh, of of greed of people taking profits and selling. Uh, before the uh, end of the year. Instead, it is a a reminder of the fear that could grip the market. And what I mean by that is because we're deep in the red already. The S&P 500 down about 20% year to date. There's very few places that investors have gains to sell in the month of September. So further selling in September is just going to add pressure, certainly to the uh, consumer confidence numbers, downward pressure. It's going to add pressure from the Federal Reserve as we get closer to the midterm elections to get to wherever it wants to get with its interest rate faster and sooner uh, so that consumers and the politicians and everybody else can kind of move on and put this hopefully put
0: this trend of inflation behind us. Tom hasn't Wall Street factored in a lot of the things that we're hearing about right now or is it just that even when you get numbers like the job numbers today and, and it, it seems to be good economic news There's just something in there that investors are going, wait a minute, why? You know, because it it would seem that a lot of what we're hearing about is stuff that, you know, is pretty much in line with what we've been expecting. And you would think that had already been factored into the market.
5: There's a lot of dissidents out there, right? The data, the economic data is telling us one thing, which is the U.S. economy is on very strong footing. Over 300,000 jobs created in the month of August. We saw that labor participation rate increase. The unemployment rate ticked up, which is actually good news because it means people who previously were not looking for work at all and were out of work are now back in the job market looking for work again and thus counted as unemployed that is going to increase the supply of labor. That could then uh, kind of limit some of the uh, wage inflation that we've been experiencing. Good stuff, right? Um, Consumer confidence has been increasing. The housing market, while a little bit wobbly in terms of the pace, certainly prices have continued to uh, hang in there. But the investor confidence don't Fight the Fed. That's the phrase you always heard at the corner of Jackson LaSalle when I reported down there at the Board of Trade and the Options Exchange. The Federal Reserve clearly is fighting inflation. That means higher interest rates. Borrowing costs are going to continue to go up.
0: That's Tom Hudson, the week-ahead columnist from McClatchy Tribune News Services out of Miami. Tom, have a great holiday weekend. Always great to talk with you. Up next on Entrepreneur Friday, we meet the owner of a Chicago comic store that's been in business since the 1980s and
1: still innovating the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues
0: it's Entrepreneur Friday and the record sale of a Mickey Mantle baseball card this week is a high-profile reminder of the value of memorabilia and this afternoon we're shining the spotlight on a northwest side business that specializes in comics and joining us is John Stageland the owner of Atlas Comics on North Harlem doing? in Chicago hey John how's it going How you doing, Jim? Great. So I understand you've been around, what, since the 80s, right?
6: Uh, Yeah, we opened in this neighborhood in 1988, so we'll have our 35th year next year.
0: Now, I got to imagine that to continue to be a success this many years on, you've never stopped innovating, and I imagine that's got to be the case. You're always coming up with new ways to serve your customers and maybe even attract new customers, right?
6: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's kind of an artful balance between the continuity of sort of the, you know, the past methods and bringing in new stuff all the time. And, you know, that's a lifeblood of every business is kind of staying ahead of the curve, but never forgetting what got you there in the first
0: place. So what is the state of memorabilia right now? I know that's probably as varied as the memorabilia that you can buy, but just generally, how is the market for, say, comics and, and other memorabilia?
6: You know, it's, as you mentioned, with the Mickey Mantle card selling for $12 million, the last three or four years, especially, the uh, collectible sector has just taken off, really in all areas, in gaming cards, in sports cards, in comic books. Uh, it's really better than it's been for me uh, any time since the 90s.
0: So let me ask you this. If someone hears that about Mickey, the Mickey Mantle baseball card and says, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I should invest in this. Or maybe I should check my closet and see what I have and 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 what's there. What's your advice for them? Well,
6: my advice to them first is go to your closet and take a look, <laughs> just just to be certain. Because uh, you know, I've even had people in during the COVID era, and and now that it's dying down, who have come in with things that they found in their closets. I uh, had one gentleman who came from the Austin district all the way up here. And he said he hadn't looked in his closet for his old comics for many years. Uh, he found stuff from the 60s. We made a, a big deal on that. And he was very surprised at what he was able to get out of those, out of those books that he hadn't even looked at for 20 years. So that, that would be my first piece of advice is go and take a quick look and then contact anybody who's in your area who does sports cards or gaming cards or comics or any other memorabilia just to be certain. Um, and in terms of investing, uh, like anything else, uh, you guys talk to a lot of investors and, you know, stock people and so on, do your homework and look at what the market has been bearing over the last couple of years. And, you know, I'm a bit of a conservative person, so you have to be careful, but, uh, it's a good time to invest with all the, the Marvel and DC comics movies coming out. It has sent a lot of stuff, uh, stuff through the roof, We had uh, the Black Panther movie a couple years ago, which sent his first appearance soaring. And now the Black Panther sequel is coming up later this year, and that book is starting to rise again. So I would just say educate yourself before you start investing, but it's a great sector for
0: it. So, John, why should folks stop by Atlas Comics at 5251 North Harlem? I imagine you always have cool stuff, but, you know, even if you're like a frequent customer, is there something like really cool and unique that you've got right now that folks need to come by and see?
6: Well, I'll tell you what. The main thing that I've always done throughout my career here, I love the old comics that I grew up on, of course. So primarily what I do is, is paper. There's not a lot of toys or T-shirts or things like that. You can get that in a lot of places, What you come to Atlas for is the real, great, vintage, old, colorful comics that we all grew up with. From the 50s through, you know, the last 10 years, Uh, this is the place to come to look for that stuff. Um, Just recently, I brought in uh, a copy of Submariner Number 1. Now, the Submariner was just revealed he's going to appear in the Black Panther movie later this year. And, of course, again, that sent original appearances of the Submariner going high. So we have a lot of that stuff out on the floor right now to look at. But really, if you just love to look at, Beautiful, colorful, vibrant old comics. This is where you come to see them.
0: Kind of a combination of history museum and art gallery, isn't it?
6: It's interesting because people have said that. They have come in and said this is like a little mini museum because I have a few cases with things that date back even to the 1910s. I have a, uh, an old newspaper page up on the, framed up on the wall from 1906. So you can see sort of the history of comics all the way back to the beginning here.
0: That's John Stageland, the owner of Atlas Comics at 5251 North Harlem here in Chicago. John, hope you have a great and profitable holiday weekend. Still to come, a look at local jobs in the wake of the Labor
1: Department's employment report for August. Compounding your interest with an economy of words, this is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
0: We've been talking today about the jobs report on the national level. Let's find out what the job situation is here in the chicago area as we join rick cobb the founder of the workplace consulting firm to discern here in chicago so rick what is the local job scene right now
7: well it's quite good um let's take let's set aside the the repeat of how difficult it is for hospitality retail and, and uh, the restaurant business and let's just look at the perhaps the longer term careers you know chicago is a desperate need uh at, the, at the, the professional levels for account executives. And, of course, I would put that category along in the, in the same place with sales associates. So the account executive typically is the one that holds the relationship with the biggest customers or manages the sales associates that get business. And basically what that means is can you go out into the market and produce more revenue for your organization? That's, that's in very high demand in Chicago, as it always has been. Healthcare has a lot of different places that that we are really desperate for. Certainly nursing has been a big issue. Uh, Nurse anesthetists and nurse practitioners, which are a higher level, more sophisticated. But on the other end of it, a lot of the tests that we go through, whether it's a phlebotomist or an x-ray, those people, those institutions all need uh, people who have that tech background. And that's always in high demand. And then if you say, first of all, you're gonna produce revenue, okay, does that mean it's a good thing? Well, productivity, can you actually make sure that the business that you're doing is a business that you want? And that's really a, an, op, an operations function. And so a project manager, somebody that actually can keep a, a commercial building running and, and secure all the way up to can somebody actually implement a new manufacturing procedure and bring a new product from conception into delivery. Education hasn't gone away. It's very important in Chicago as it is and everywhere in the country. Special education um, is is a critical component of that. Um, And then then just generally health care for an aging population in Chicago certainly hits that demographic. So there's plenty of opportunities for people across the board.
0: Well, it's really appropriate to get ready for the Labor Day weekend by checking in with our local labor expert, Rick Cobb. The founder of workplace consulting firm Two Discern here in Chicago, Rick Hope, you have a great holiday weekend. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app.
2: Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left
1: center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone.
2: Stream minor league affiliates.
1: The Midwest League Home Run league.